All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in. Episode 200, and I forgot to write it down. I'm assuming 215. 215. It is 215. That's what I was going to say. Going to write that down. That's bagged milk on the other side. I'm Tyler Rumchuk. Wanye's here. Jay's here as well. It's called the Real Life Podcast. It's brought to you by Japa Machinery. I believe they're still doing 10% off. So if you got some big machine needs, go check out Japa. They're running a great promo right now. JapaMachinery.com. Uh, called the Real Life Podcast. I might rename it Yeremchuk Talks to Three Different Ceilings because for those of you, I mean for everyone who's not on the podcast, we do it on FaceTime because, you know, look at each other, get some, you know, it, it's easier to have on-air chemistry that way. Everyone else just puts their phones face up on their tables and I spend the entire podcast talking to ceilings. I got a little stand and everything like that. Um, oh, that is a... Now, Wanye, what a house goat. Holy... Yeah, well, you fucking wanted to see me, Playboy. I was sitting out in the oh, hot tub at Wanye Manor prior to this podcast beginning. That's way more interesting now the house coach in. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to get a little fresh air, and there's a pandemic, so I spend a lot of time outdoors in the hot tub. I wish. That's my, that is one of my big goals in life, is to afford a hot tub, to have a hot tub. Could you have a hot tub at your current residence? No, I'll, I'll show you. That's my deck right there. So oh. uh, could not fit a hot tub on that, unfortunately. Okay. But uh, right. the next place I look for, I'm telling you, that one better uh, better be suited for a hot tub. Hot uh, tubs are the shit, I have to say, because yeah. 
if you just put a chair in my yard and said, sit there and stare at the fence, I'd be like, what are you so crazy? But if you have a hot tub, yeah. it's perfectly wonderful way to spend morning, noon or night mm-hmm. year round too. Yeah. I, I will add though. I probably have a great setup right now. My girlfriend's parents live like a five minute drive from us and they have a hot tub. So we can really just go over there whenever we want. And I, you know, once in a while, bring her dad some beer as a thank you. But for the most part, it's a free hot tub. That's five minutes from my house. So that is nice. I say but, that any vessel could be a hot tub if you really put your mind to it. Yeah, it's all about wanting it or not, right? Yeah, you just put out like a like a tub of some kind, maybe even just like a Rubbermaid bin on that deck of yours, load it up, hot tub. But then the bag milk, is, you're, you're, you're a single bag of milk. What if I okay. told you that it's really helpful with the lady bags of milk if you had a tub of hot water to sit in? I've been inviting every girl I see to come sit in my tub with me, and yet mm-hmm. no takers. It's super weird for a bathtub. Uh-huh. Super cool for a hot tub. See, that's where I've gone wrong. I guess. Mm-hmm. It I is interesting the how that line is drawn, hey? Like, you would never yeah. be like, hey, person, come have a bath with me. But as soon as you're like, oh, it's outside, it's like, okay, now we're talking. If you tried, yeah, you'd be like, hey, you want to come over and sit in a bathtub and stare at each other? They'd be like, what the fuck kind of murder is about to be planned? Outdoors? Marvelous idea. I remember yeah. an old episode of MTV Cribs with a... Uh, one Lil Wayne, and it was, I mean, it was a while ago. It was like early 2000s, and he walks into his house, and in his living room, they just had a big jacuzzi tub. And he was like, they told me to put furniture here. I said, not a chance. I just want a jacuzzi tub. Yes. Sets the tone early. It does. Cribs is such a great show, too. Crib, they, that's a show. Like, I saw they were bringing back Supermarket Sweep. I want Cribs. To, I want MTV Cribs to be brought back. They should bring Cribs back. In this day and age, everybody right. like bragging about everything. You'd think there'd be more. Isn't and Supermarket like a, are, Isn't it for kids now? And Guy Fieri hosts it. No, you're thinking. Aren't you thinking of Guy's Supermarket Games or something guys, like that? Guy, yeah, Guy's Grocery Games. Yeah, uh, super. You know what else would be good to come back? Would be Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. What was that? I've never, I've never heard of that. Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous was a show like when I was a little kid that showed like celebrities' mansions and homes and look at their cars, and they have a hilarious 80s yacht captain, and it was like Cribs, basically, but not about an MTV generation. It was like 20 years prior. Yeah, and there was that, that English dude that... Robin, 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 Robin Reggie yeah. Leach? Robin, Robin Leach. Reggie Leach. Yeah, Robin. not Reggie Leach. Robin Leach, and he was like... Reggie Leach, a hockey player? Yeah. Yeah, Robin Leach. Interesting. Um... All right, so uh, speaking of things that are going to be on TV tonight, the NHL awards go, and Leon Dreisaitl, our boy, he is up for a couple of big ones. What? Was that? Abrupt lane change. Eh, A little bit, but I tried my best. California lane change, Jay? Would you uh, declare that a California lane change, Jay? That would be, uh, yeah, you're definitely going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Speaking of five-letter words, death, what? (laughs) Continue, Uh, I'm sorry. Leon Dreisaitl for the heart would be the shit. Do you think he gets it? I think it's going to go. I want it to go to Leon. I have a funny feeling it's going to go to McKinnon. What do you guys think? Anyone got it? When enough? did they do the voting? They do the voting before the playoffs started. And it'll, give it to Leon. It'll be revealed today at 430. So by the time a lot of people listen to this, uh, it'll already be out. So we're going to be probably sounding maybe ridiculous, or we'll say a bunch of hot takes and they'll be right. Yeah, here's my hot take. Leon wins. Here's Congratulations to Leon. Win. He doesn't win because he didn't go far enough and McKinnon's in the ads for Tim Hortons. But the playoffs have nothing to do with... Uh, no, but there's the politics the involved, playoffs. right? One's the star of the league they're looking to promote. 
I don't I'm know. Gonna say that, I'm going to say that Leon wins the Ted Lindsay because the players know what's up, and yeah, he does not yeah. win the heart. Like, players are publicly going out and saying it needs to be Leon. Yeah, I think Leon's got the Lindsay locked up. I can't see a scenario where Panarin beats him there. For the heart, I don't know. Maybe you guys, you guys are probably going to hate me for saying this because, like, the Oilers fan in me wants it to be Leon, but I, I think McKinnon deserves it more. He, I mean, he like, is playing on a roster of rocket fuel. No, like, but go back Jason to the regular McKinnon season. McKinnon is a great hockey player. Trust me. I have got I have got a hockey fan boner for Nathan McKinnon. He is an unreal. He is he is the one B to Connor McDavid. Ultimately. But if we're looking at the season that was what Leon did was magic. And McKinnon really McKinnon had a great season, but he really didn't like blow up until the playoffs. So ah. Uh, I, yes, I am biased as fuck, and you know I want Leon to win. But like, if players are saying Leon should win, well then Leon should win. That was your heart, man. It won. It worked on the Browns, didn't it? Well, it did this week. Oh no, they didn't win by six. They didn't cover. Uh, we're gonna nah. get to our NFL picks in a second here as well. But I, I just go. <sighs> back, I go back to the regular season that McKinnon had ninety three points, led his team in scoring ninety three points in sixty nine games. That's it. Second place on that team was Kale McCarr, a rookie defenseman, with 50. The next best forward was Andre Burakovsky with 45. Like, Landeskog and Rantanen were hurt for huge chunks of the year, and McKinnon not only helped that team or led that team to, like, a playoff spot, they were contending to win the West. And you look at Dreisaitl, you know, they did have he did have Nugent Hopkins and McDavid with him. That is something you can't completely ignore in this argument. Again, but we I, had a banged up Connor for the first two months, and then we didn't have Connor for like three weeks. Yeah, but again, McKinnon has all those same excuses in there as well. He didn't have Landis Gog, and he didn't have Rantanen, the two guys who usually help him. No one else produced on that team but McKinnon. It's Honestly, it's going to be a fascinating vote. I'm excited to see like how it all comes out after, because I think we could be looking at this and going, Leon lost by like one first place vote. I think it could honestly be that close. Here's how it's going to go. McKinnon Hart, Leon, Ted Lindsay, Leon should win both. Lock it up. That's a bag milk lock. Write that down. Bag milk lock. I will uh, write it down. And all the people listening to this after the awards have been handed out, um, well, I, I hope we're right, I guess, is all I want to say. Feel free to go to, uh, go to Twitter and tell us how right we are and how smart we are and everything. I still can't fathom how Drake Barahowski is even in the conversation for this award. <laughs> He was, I don't know how terrible why in Toronto. I don't know why we didn't. Like, we, the, the same price <laughs> for asking to see you is what would have got you Burakovsky at the beginning of the year. Like, I don't know why we didn't take a run at that guy. I, what I think happened over the last sort of 12 months here in Edmonton, you remember those initial press conferences with Ken Holland where he kind of went, he would even go as far to be like, yeah, we're, we're probably not going to be a playoff lock, but, you know, we'll, hopefully we're in the conversation. We want to have a competitive year. He kept emphasizing it's a long-term build. And I think he believed that when he started here. I think at some point during the season, he watched McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and the elite talent they had there, and he was almost surprised at how good they were. I think when you're outside of Edmonton, even though you work in the league, you kind of sit there and go, ah, they're the Oilers. They got those three high-end guys, but what else do they got? I think he came here and went, 
holy shit, these three high-end guys are good enough to win cups. And I think that's why he got so aggressive at the deadline because he sat there and went, these two guys, and they almost did it against Chicago. He, he looked at Drysaddle McDavid and said, they are good enough to win you a series single-handedly. I need to get them as much help as they can because every year can be a cup year with these guys. And I think that's why he went so all out at the deadline. Oh, but Burakovsky was your guy. like. But at the time, Uncle Ken didn't it, think that was a good idea to load up. I think next year we go for an older goalie than Mike Smith. Maybe that's the ticket. Tim wow. Thomas out of retirement. Maybe we could bring Brodeur out of retirement. Yes. But like Dominic Hasek always seems to want to play. Like I don't pay know. Him, pay him one dollar, but have like ten million dollars in bonuses. Assume the remaining twelve years of DPSRO's contract. Mm-hmm. Bring uh, who were we talking about a couple weeks ago? Freddie Brathwaite. He was still kicking not that long ago. Bring Gun. up Fred Brathwaite. Gun in the German league, the Bundesliga. <laughs> soccer, but yes, of course. Oh, whatever it is. No one's going to double check this day and age. They're all busy. We got things to do. Uh, we were talking before we got on the air about uh, the big dog patch project and all of that. Do we have an update on that? Is there anything we can share? Because I keep seeing oh, all the hype Isn't that it. an ambush? What are you, the building inspector? Because if you are, there are some things I'm going to need you to look the other way about. <laughs> and you're late. Yeah. No, so it's been an interesting time to have, uh, well, we'll say the largest financial gamble of your life in play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, the building's probably going to open in like November, December. It was supposed to open in May. Interesting. So we stretched it out. The construction slowed right down. This is mm-hmm. not a good time to be opening anything. This is not a good time to be operating anything. But luckily, these are small places. The little bakery on the main floor of our new building in Riverdale is called Bread and Butter. And uh, it's a savory bakery. So it's like bread, shockingly, and butter, not sweets. So we think that'll do all right, okay. even if things are kind of locked down. In the basement of the building... Uh, Jay, is that guy locked in, or are we still saying vague things? We, well, conceptually, we have a uh, bike shop tenant. Uh, yeah. He's just still kind of needs to make sure his world's legit, but it's still kind of heading towards that way. And every other time we call him, we're like, we're opening in an hour. Are you in? And then every other time we call him, we're like, we're delayed again. <laughs> and then the second floor has the listening lounge pub called dog the dog patch yeah so um it's going to get built like we are paying for everything that's going into it um i assume we'll be opening it before the new year but maybe we won't i don't know it depends on what lockdown situations and people feel we did find interestingly these machines uh for sale that are usually used for radon gas which is like i guess a problem in Alberta, like houses have lots of radon gas coming out from the ground and it knocks down a lot of the shit in the air in a building and it's actually effective for germs and COVID. Oh. So by plugging it into the building's HVAC, they'll like remove a significant amount of shit in the air. So that's good. But I don't know if you're going to be allowed to be open. So we'll have to see. Interesting. But, I'm always yeah. fascinated to keep tabs on this because like, I remember sitting in the office, I mean, not early stages, but when we, me and you would first start talking about it and you'd throw me yeah. all the ideas and like everything that goes into that is super fucking cool. So we're going to continue to keep tabs on it here on the Real Life Podcast. Uh, there is another hockey thing I wanted to talk about. Um, we touched on it a little bit. I'm writing a piece about it right now too and uh, I'm hoping to have it up on the site in the next couple of days if I get around to finishing it. But would you, I saw some people throwing out like, you know, trade Clef Bomb, trade Russell, try to, you know, buy out Neil, get all the money opened up 
to sign Alex Petrangelo now that it sounds like he's going to the open market? Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you guys? Down. Big time down. <laughs> it's great defenseman. Yeah. We have to do way too much. It's going to hurt us to to lock him up. And he's kind of like, is he is he on the downhill of his peak? Like, where is he at? Because what is he, like 29? Yeah. Like, there's still probably some good game left. And I do preach the time is now. But I think you have to do too much to make it work. And you could actually maybe to be taking a step back. Yeah. Bagno? Yeah, I love Petrangelo. I do. But, like, the amount of money he's going to get, and like Jay said, what the Oilers would have to do to clear the space to make it work, it's just, I'd love to have him. He'd instantly be the best defenseman on the team. But it's just, it, the math's not going to work. Not for a guy who's, you know, catching 30 already. Yeah, and I was the same. I, I say the same stuff whenever someone, and a whole man right now, like, being able to look at the text line at TSN 1260, Oilers fans want Ekman Larson. Like, there is a lot of people who want Ekman Larson, and they love throwing out trade proposals for Ekman Larson. And it's just... What do you got? Like, you you call it silly season bag milk? That's what it is on the text line right now. You'll get someone who texts in and goes, would the Coyotes do Russell the first and William Lagason for Ekman Larson, but they need <laughs> to keep three mil? And you're just like, well, no, because the whole point is they want to get rid of his contract. Also, William Lagason, really? That's where we're going with this? The they need I draft love- picks and prospects, so maybe you could flip. You know, like, well, it would like, t- it would still take a lot. It would take probably a first round pick, another solid draft pick, and a really good defensive prospect to get him. Like, not William Lagason, Chris Russell. If, if there's yeah. one thing, God bless Oilers fans. You know, what <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing we love to do, it's potentially acquire guys that we know their names, despite the fact that they're on the back nine of their career and have a bloated contract. If this was five years ago. Lock me in. But it's not. Yeah. And unfortunately, Ekman Larson is, uh, you know, he's also kissing 30. He's got eight points, whatever, on his contract. for seven more years. Yeah. So, just no thank you. No thank you. For the record, Petrangelo had his second best season this year, and it was only 70 games long. See, again, I'd love him, but just the money he's going to, the cake he's going to (laughs) make. Like, what does he want? Like eight or nine million? Uh, well, the Probably. last Blues offer, there was a report that, and get this, for those of you who deal with contracts in life, the Blues offered him $7.7 million a season and reportedly told him he, they wouldn't show him how it was like divvied out year to year. They didn't want Hell him yeah. to look at that. They were like, 7.7, but we get to pick how it's divvied out per year. And he was like, well, no, I want to see it. And they're like, no, you can't. I don't even understand the angle there. Like, and there was no what firm, though, associated with it either, right? It was just like, we'll get you this AAV and then... Over, the yeah, over however many years, and the rest of it's just going to be a surprise. Like, they could have, like, backloaded it, whatever they were going to work out there. They could have, like, really fudged with some of the numbers, uh, but it, it was funny to see that. I just don't understand what their angle was. Like, okay, you get to this number, but, like, what normal, sane individual is going to look at the next seven <laughs> or eight years of his life and just be like, I don't know what's going to happen. You you figure it out. I'm cool. I'll trust what you What would guys, need yeah. to happen to make Petrangelo make sense? Um, you Well, you for sure have to trade one of Clefbaum or Nurse. And I would say you... Is that as for salary reasons? Yeah, because I think then you just become a little bit too expensive on the back end. Like, you need to get rid of one of those guys. Or, well, what if Russell goes? Uh, oh, I'm a, for one like, year, Russell is a must. Russell has to go in that deal 
and then you need to do, I mean, maybe you could just move out Larson as well if that's possible. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then I would say that you, for me, the only way I'd be okay with it, they absolutely have to get rid of James Neal as well and not keep a cent of it. Like you need that 5.75 totally off the books and you probably need to move out to Pricey Demon. And you could be sitting there right now listening to this going, Yuramchuk, why do they have to get rid of $13 million in cap space to sign a, you know, eight and a half, nine million dollar defenseman? It's down the road that would just scare me with this, right? Like 2022 next offseason, if you have Petrangelo at nine and you don't unload $13 million this offseason, the cap's not going up again. So you need to get rid of Neil or else what are you going to do with Nugent Hopkins? And then you yeah, skip so what if you? So what if, okay, so, so say, say Larson and... Say Larson and Russell are gone. Okay. And we do some crazy deal with Petrolangelo. And I'm just saying this to talk about it. Um, and you crazily front-end load his contract. So in years, like, if it's a seven-year deal, five through seven, his actual, like, salary is, like, two million bucks. So you probably could ship right. him out if you had to. Um, and, you can, and, you know, we're opening up a pocket of time uh, our next our five year window to try yeah. to capitalize it with him, which he still probably could be able to perform. Is 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 that something he do? Is that something he would do? Like, would he sign a seven by seven and a half or eight to play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? Uh, and we still have, and we still have Clefbaum, and we can, you know, nurse as an asset in flux. Um, and we have Bear, and we have Jones, like. Are all of a sudden like that just push every pushes everyone down uh, one rung in the in the depth chart? Is that just like just solidify our D? Well, th- the thing I'll add to that is if you don't get rid of one of Nurse Jones Bear or Clefbaum and bring in Petrangelo, you're losing one of them in the expansion draft as well. Frank Saravalli has a piece on TSN.ca right now that like outlines the the situation for the Oilers in the expansion draft. So you got to remember that like this probably isn't the offseason to bring in an impact name and load up your roster because then you're just going to lose a better player next summer to Seattle, right? Oh, so next year is when we have to really go big. Well, and that's what I'm kind of saying here. Like, okay, so he has the Oilers doing because you can either protect seven forwards, three defensemen and a goalie. So a total of 10 skaters and a goalie, or you could just do eight skaters and a goalie. But that eight skaters allows you to protect that extra defenseman, right? How about no goalie? Can we do no goalie? You cannot do no goalie. Um, so the, what, what Saravalli has for, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. tsn.ca, what he's got for the Oilers as protected, he has the eight skater model, which would have Ethan Bear, Dreisaitl, Caleb Jones, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse, and Keller Yamamoto. And Oscar Clefbaum. He didn't write his name in there. Oh, okay. And then, so that would leave... Archibald, Benson, Cassian, Kara, Benning, Chase on Larson, Russell exposed, which to me, that's, that list is fine. Any of those guys could go. And well, and Russell would be a free agent anyways. The other, yeah. yeah, and uh, the thing he didn't put in there, actually, uh, Yesapulia Yarvi would be in that exposed list as well, which is fascinating. Cause I if think he's that's, still here. If he's still here, like I think that's the type of player Seattle would just love to get a crack at. You know what's also in, uh, interesting is uh, <laughs> you're out there, you cab. <laughs> you got the uh, Gene Principe joining us on the podcast today. Uh, but Cam Lewis on Weather's Nation wrote this weekend that the the Blue Jackets are interested in Puliyarvi, which is interesting because they famously passed on him at the draft. So mm-hmm. I wonder what uh, 
What's his name again? Yamo Kakalainen. What does Kakalainen know that's been going on in Finland? No, he knows something. Not, he, he knows, knows something. something. He knows something. <laughs> so that makes me think that they need to bring Jesse back here because if Kakalainen passed on him a few years ago and he yeah. wants him back now, there's something going on there. Yeah, he knows. He knows too much. As much as we want JP back, now might be the time to trade him for a second round pick just so you well, don't lose him in the expansion draft for nothing. Well, also, do you think there could be a part of it, Tyler, where it's... Isn't Columbus looking to move a goalie? Fuck, man. If you can swing a deal that's centered around, like, AA and JP and whatever Elvis. else... Oh, Elvis or Corpusala, whichever one Columbus doesn't want, they're both the starter here, and they're both an upgrade here. They're 26 years old. They're under con- They're each under contract for two more years, which is wild. Merzlikens makes 4.8 or 4.0, even 4. And uh, Corpusalo makes 2.8. So obviously, I think you'd prefer Corpusalo, a little bit uh, more experienced, and he has the lower AAV. But man, that'd be an interesting deal. If Columbus is actually interested in JP, that's uh, man, that'd be a fun. But again, great trade. Kekalainen knows something. Stop calling him Kekalainen. It's Kekalainen. There's something going on in Finland, and Kekalainen knows something. Kekalainen's watching. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. Yeah, Kakalainen is watching, whether he wants to or not. Jay, do you know anything from Finland? Do you? Can we match Kekalainen's expertise in this in this field? Yeah, we need a we need uh, a line on Finland. I'm gonna send uh, I'm gonna send some feelers out uh, and see what I can uh, get back for you. Our Let Finnish me, uh, Allow me to report back later. Yes. Um, you know that one year where they brought Eklund onto the trade center cover. Oh yeah, Jay? wearing a mask. Yeah, We're gonna do that with Jay, and all he can do is report on Finnish players. That'd be sweet, actually. I, although I still hate Eckwood for that, by the way. Yeah, that son of a bitch. Because of he the announced Smitty the new, thing, yeah. yeah, Ryan Smith, new deal, and then Kevin Slater is going to the Islanders. I'll hold a grudge forever, Eckwood. So you're basically blaming the weatherman for the tornado? That he That's told you about? exactly mm-hmm. it. That is exactly mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sending a feeler over out to Finland right now. Okay, I was talking about the trade proposals earlier in the show, and this brought me back to it. It seems like every Oilers trade right now, you know when you're on HF boards? I don't know if any of you guys go on there anymore. I don't go on there anymore. But when I did go on there, every deal when people are talking about trade proposals and shit, they're always like, all right, throw in a second. I feel like back in the day, for Oilers fans back in the day being like whatever, 2010, it was always like, all right, but what if we threw in Omark? Like Linus Omark (laughs) was always the guy that Oilers fans would be like, you know, this guy's available. Omark, maybe a pick in there as well. Would they be interested? Is there anyone else? When I say like perennial Oilers trade bait, who is the guy who maybe before my era, it was always like this. The Oilers fans just love to be like, throw this guy in there and a pick. Robbie Shrimp. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Shrimp was a good one. Oh, yeah. You know included in a blockbuster deal. Yeah. Over the last, I would say, five, six years, I'm pretty sure Nugent Hopkins has been traded five or six times by the uh, media as well. Yeah, a lot of Nuge talk. Too yeah. much Nuge talk. Way too much Nuge talk. He needs a new deal now, Uncle Ken. That's going to be an interesting. Speaking of Omar, we should bring him back. He's lighting up the KHL. Is he back actually lighting it up there? Well, for KHL standards, like he's a well, virtually a point of game guy in the KHL, which is pretty good. Damn. I, I, you know what? He gave me a great memory because I'll always remember yeah. that Spinorama shootout shot that <sighs> he did, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning getting super pissed off about it. It was pretty hilarious. Oh, it was unreal. Yeah. 
He's it actually uh, Omark signed. He's not in the KHL anymore. He's in the Swiss League, I believe. But you're right. He was a great player in the KHL the last couple of years. Anyways, I, I like those moments throughout the decade of darkness where you look back on that time now and there's just those little glimmers. Those nights where it was just great for a bit. And the Omark spinorama was one. The Yakupov goal with the slide on the knees through center ice. That was certainly one of them as well. The Gagne eight-point night was one of them. Remember when Ben Scriven stood on his head against yeah. San Jose? Yeah, that was great. And and when uh, the Gagne Caliano Nielsen line almost dragged us into the playoffs. Yeah, when, for like two weeks there. And yep. the lifestyle of going to Rexall Place, which was just some shit hockey, <laughs> just getting tanked, and then going out at like minus thirty and going downtown and trying to make a night of it after getting smoked four one and still having a great time. That's what I remember a lot of. I, yeah, it was different. Ailey, you'd, you'd come you'd come to the rink with zero expectations. Yeah, you're like, well, I just wanted to have a good night. I can remember you saying, Jay, several times, like, well, we know how many beers we can drink tonight. That'll make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> sure shit. <laughs> Win or lose, drink your booze. Uh, I remember going to, back, going to that first playoff game at Rogers. I went with my dad, and I remember we were talking on the way there. I was like, you remember... Throughout the last, because that's all me and him really knew going to games together. Like, all, or all I knew going to games with him was, you know, like a Tuesday night, like you said, minus 30. You got to park like 10 minutes away somewhere because it's cheaper. And you walk through the blizzard to watch them lose 5-2 to the Minnesota Wild on a Tuesday night. You sit till the end. You watch the three stars. You make the long walk back to the car. And you're home by like 11. And then you can contrast that with like the energy in the building. For Rogers Place playoff game one, Connor McDavid leading the team against the Sharks. Like Clefbaum scored on like the second shift or whatever. The contrast in those two moments is just incredible. I would like to go into uh, games at Rexall Place because I used to park in the free area, which was like three kilometers away from the building, it felt like, and trying to walk out to the car after a 7 2 blowout loss in the middle of February. Great time to be alive there, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I had a great secret parking spot for Rexall mm-hmm. that was really close to the LRT entrance, mm-hmm. so your exposure to outside was very I still limited. wouldn't even tell Jay, just in case for some reason they reopened that old arena. I think you yeah. should just go keep it to yourself. It's that good of a space. That's how I feel you about never my... Know. You never that's know. how I feel about my current space at Rogers Place. I pay for it, but it's not very much. And I will never tell a soul where it is because you are out the building and on your way in two seconds. Oh, I've got a yeah. pretty good free one. For, I got a free one for Rogers. Um, that if I was going to say how far of a walk is it? It's probably 150 meters, maybe 175 meter walk to get into the building. I was just going to say you're parking at the Pines, aren't you? No, no that's <laughs> too far. I'd be like two and a half K's. Um, yeah, I, me and my dad have a good spot too. There's a business around uh, Rogers Place that my dad does work with, and again, I'm not going to reveal it, but they nope. let park there. <laughs> Take for it to free. your grave. Yeah, I you, love this selfishness with the parking wait, spot. Oh yeah, you, you get a good, You can't. Oh, yeah. You can't share it. If you, you go, it's like a appointment fishing spot. You don't tell anyone. If you go last appointment to the STD clinic downtown, your MCA. Mm-hmm. and you tell them you need more time in the bathroom, they'll validate your parking overnight. Hmm. And then you go to the game, and then <laughs> you tell everybody that that's how you got it. It's very simple. I know the business you're frequenting, you dirty bastard. Mm-hmm. The STD clinic. Yep. Shame on you. 
There's Walk only so many shots of penicillin. Yeah, cut. can you validate my parking? I think I have an STD. <laughs> I constantly, I go into the Santec building, tell them that I'm building a skyscraper in, you know, Dubai. Yeah. I get all their attention and free parking, and then I go to the game. Like, That's how much you want? I don't even know if I'm going to do this. Yeah. Let yeah. me think about it for two and a half hours. I'll be right back. Yeah. I bet you can get we're gonna, we're gonna need to have at least forty one meetings about this. Absolutely. <laughs> I bet if you walked around with like a bunch of rolled up papers through the Stantec building, that could work. Hard hat. Exactly. You just gotta you gotta look busy and you have to talk with conviction. It doesn't need to make sense. It's just you have to you have to present it as if it does. I you know, know they're sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you can get away with so much if you do it with conviction, because I've been hatching this scheme for several years now where I wanna steal a hotel ice machine. And I figure if I just walk in with coveralls and a fake PO that I make, that I can yep. wheel that thing right out the front door and nobody would be stopping me. Let me add, Ryder and Lisa, uh, didn't Ryder and Lisa test just going into movie theaters for free with a ladder on their shoulder? Really? I don't know, but again, it's genius. Yeah. You just you walk in like you're supposed to be there and no one's going to stop you. Culligan no. man. No one questions a water delivery guy. Yeah. Absolutely not. Let me ask you this. What's cheaper, Oilers season tickets or giving a Rogers Place employee $300 cash for their uniform? And sneaking in through the staff entrance forever, yeah, but you, which you is have cheaper. To scan in. You have to scan in still. Oh, my card. I forgot it. Phil in the accounting. He has it. Yep. And now I'm in. And now mm-hmm. I change into my secret uniform underneath, which is an Oilers jersey, and blend into the crowd. Um, I will say I, I saw a TikTok of some guy who did that for the Boston for Game 7 of the Cup Final between the Bruins and Blues, where he found a picture online of what the credentials look like, and he faked it. He, like, Photoshopped his own, and he yep. got in with it. And yeah, I'm, I'm honestly good, surprised man. that shit doesn't happen more often. Not that I'm promoting it because we shouldn't because it's illegal. Um, but I'm surprised that shit doesn't happen more often with Photoshop. Your name truck, maybe it's time to break some laws. Maybe it's that's not illegal if it works. Hey, exactly. yep. No one, I'm like, when I'm well in photos, said. I make sure if I have like my career, like if we're in an Oil Kings game and I'm working it for, for uh, the radio station, I know photos with the credentials in view because you don't want to be the reason that like someone gets in and there's a security breach. Oh my Lord, you're a well, real treat at parties. <laughs> You yeah, can just that, walk in with your voice and a headset on your m to any event in the world and be like, oh, I'm here with the local television station. And they're like, after you, sir. And you well, wouldn't you probably, credentials. Yeah, and you probably don't want me telling everybody that's listening to this podcast that I have a copy of Deadpool 2 that says Tyler Remchuk across the entire <laughs> screen because I stole your pirated copy. God damn it. Right? I, you broke when, the law there. You when I worked, uh, when I did like the promotions department at the radio station, there'd be so many times where we'd be going to, event, to an event and like a security guard would stop you and he'd be like, you can't go over here. And you'd be like, no, no, no. I'm with the radio station. It's all good. And 90% of the time they just go, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's all good, man. And then you can yeah. really just go do whatever you want. You park wherever you want. You'd like we do movie premieres and you would just park on the sidewalk. At Cineplex, and if an employee came and was like, you can't park there, you'd be like, well, what do you mean? I'm with the radio station. I have to park here. And they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I have to. Your uh, M-Track, if you witness somebody breaking the rules, do you tell generally? Like, oh, in, in, oh good in, question. In what scenario? So, like, you're describing situations here where you're bending the rules, right? Yeah. Like, I am a big fan of bending the rules. I also never snitch. You strike me as a guy who wants to bend the rules, but if you were in charge of enforcing the rules, I feel like you would spaz if people broke them. <laughs> I, I'm definitely more of a fan. I'm a fan of order, not chaos. But, like, right. I wouldn't call myself a snitch. 
Like if it's a victimless crime, interesting. It's, is it really a crime, right? Like if I let's say you know pre-COVID, you're at a bar, you're in the washroom. Some guys, you know, got a flask out there. I'm not going to go run and like tell a bouncer and be like, mm, excuse me, Mr. Bouncer, uh, there are people drinking out of a flask in the bathroom. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a fucking snitch. But I mean, if it's something else, like I, I don't even know off the top of my head, but you know, sometimes alerting the they authorities. They saw a man the- plotting regicide. He was going to kill the local Earl. <laughs> would you tell the Viceroy, the Regent, or would you allow the murder to occur? What? I don't know. I was just framing up a hypothetical crime to see where you draw the line. How yeah. do you know what those, I don't even Boot, know what those words bootlegging. Mean. You have no and, problem. Yeah, what's your take on the royals? That's what I want to know. Yeah. yeah, would you allow someone of importance to be killed and risk the duchy? No. Right. Mm. <laughs> All right. So you're a do you remember that Simpsons when he was calling to the police station? No. And they're like mashing the keyboard because he wanted to talk to a cop and he just started hitting keys. They're like, you're about to commit regicide. If you know the name of the king that's about to be murdered, press one. <laughs> that's one of the best jokes of all time in that show. All right. Uh, before we get to Scott Hastings and our uh, nice Odd Shark segment here, should let everyone know we are brought to you by Oodle Noodle, Edmonton's <clears throat> number one shop for nudes. Check them out. You can get them on Skip the Dishes and things like that, but if you go in store... 10% of the proceeds go towards a local charity. You make your belly happy. You make the community happy. You make this podcast happy because we love Oodle Noodle very much. Uh, do we want to do like a quick little Big Brother segment here? Does anyone got takes on uh, I got takes on well, hold, Just hold one one quick second before we talk BBJ. Who are you talking to for the news this week? Uh, so last week was Kid Sport. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Video about that. So this week, one, yeah. we, this week uh, I, just, I just saw the video. This was kind of funny too. Uh, that Josh made. Um, this week we are partnered up with Shady Ape, which is um, basically a mental health uh, support community uh, that um, provides and hosts gatherings for people who want to get together and chat and help people kind of navigate, uh, I guess, life uh, of, 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 well, everyone battles with mental, uh, with mental health and, uh, they support a community via mindfulness and meditation and they do a bunch of cool stuff uh, in the community. I've uh, attended a couple of their events, so I thought it was cool to support them uh, and their endeavors. So yeah, this week we're with Shady Ape. So wait till you see the video. It involves me meditating and you get to hear me think aloud. Oh Jesus. What am I thinking about? Uh, you will find out. Uh, Photoshopping oh. press creds, I guarantee it. Yeah, now I am. Well, we shot the video today. I bet your thoughts are like, your M check is a snitch. Yep. Yeah. Definitely don't leak shady doings in front of the guy. Don't tell your M check about the regicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from your M He will snitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, for the first time while watching Big Brother All-Stars, I felt bad for David. I also felt wow. a little bad for Davon because this was they're, they're getting played hard in this whole thing. Oh, but the thing is, they're, yes, but like they're on to them. They, like, yeah. So they were accepting of this spin on David, but now they're just, I think Davon's the only one that needs to be convinced, but um, David and, uh, what's the other guy's name? Kevin. Kevin, damn it. Um, they're, they're on to the spin here, so... They can, they could use that. 
Okay, is like Kevin on to the spin? So full disclosure, my recording cut out with 15 minutes ago. So the last thing I saw was David and Kevin having their chat where Kevin goes and he's like, I think there's like maybe a 5% chance that Nicole flipped this, but probably not. Yes. Well, but he, but now he's at 5%. You can push that forward. Yeah. And this is an ultimate opportunity to make uh, Nicole look terrible. And Danny. Yeah. I just don't but think But David is again playing a horrific game being way like – the stuff he keeps close to the, to his chest versus the stuff that he talks about, like, geez, he's backwards. He's so bad at Big Brother. It is shocking. Because the thing is, we and we talked about it the other day, is that he had that special power, he used it, and then he was trying to tell everybody, did you save me? Did you save me? As if anybody's yeah. going to do that. But that now, that play bit him in the ass with this voting for mm-hmm. Ian thing. Yeah. Because now nobody believes him because his lies that he's putting out there is just he's shooting himself in the foot. He's basically taken a 1990s lawn dart and thrown it right through his fucking foot at this point. But I also feel like Dave Vaughn's going to be a super bitter juror to the point where if she will eventually she will figure out that Nicole was the one that flipped. And if Dave Vaughn is in the jury, that is not going to be good for Nicole or Danny come the end of this. So they're well, also a little that- screwed too. But do you think that those two have a reasonable chance at winning? Because I don't. Danny, maybe. I don't think Nicole does. Nicole doesn't, know. She's, she's a previous the, winner, so she immediately doesn't. And she's just um, she's the greatest floater of all time. Like, that's her game. That's uh, her skill. But. Yep. Oh, yeah. Remember when she would say, like, well, how do I, because like, now they're lying and have to act. I don't have to, how, how do I act? Like, how much people say, like, this is playing big brother. What do you mean? Like, yeah. you don't know how to lie and, like, you know, Maybe I she's just saying like, she doesn't know how to act. Maybe she's playing coy, man. A lot of people no. do that. They pretend they don't know how to play and they know exactly what they're doing. No, no, she legitimately, I don't think, does. But Danny, I think, uh, we'll see. Because Danny flew too close to the sun and almost bit her, and she's kind of <laughs> taking a step back. But now she's going, she's she's getting back up there again. So she, depending on how hard she plays from here on out, is going to decide how far she'll go because she's already now a threat with Tyler. Yeah. Um, depending on how this move goes, if it gets out that this this, this was a manufactured lie to pin it on David, like Davon's gonna just go and put Danny's game on blast. Like I'm actually cheering for Day. Like Day's been so calm in this, and I know like like I I I, I kind of I want to see her go far. So I hope she can skirt this week, and uh, I hope now instead of just like towing the house line, she starts trying to like blow some games up a little bit, and. It's right in front of her, but Danny has just been playing her for the last few weeks. Yeah. The two people who seem to be sitting in the absolute best spot somehow are Enzo and Cody. No one's touching oh. them. No one's thinking of them. No one's even looking at oh. them twice. Yeah, the meow meow is just he's just doing it. Cody's always going to be a threat because he's, he's, he's viewed as a competition guy. Uh, the meow meow just kind of just, you know, just slides through. It's yeah. cool, you know? And, I, he, and he's just, fuck me, is Enzo entertaining to watch also. Even when they're doing that puzzle thing for the HOH, he was so bad at it, but I loved watching him. It was, it was He's so much fun. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, all and right. shout out to my boy Tyler for sneaking through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. I, I, and I think, I, I, want, I hope this, uh, you know, once again, Memphis, man, like how much of a dick was he to David in that room? Oh, yeah. Oh, massive. Like, Jesus, man. Like, have, be like, just be a nice guy. Like, hey, like, this is the deal. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Jesus. Like, come on, dude. Um, so, I hope. And, 
I hope David wins the veto. I, just just for the sheer drama of it, mm-hmm. and yep. then just because who else can who else can because he'll save day, and who else can Memphis put up outside? It'll be someone he's aligned with. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the hell Christmas has got. Like she went from being a very nice person, but now she's showing like her her like mean streak side. Oh like, yeah, she hates day. Holy, it ain't cow. Christmas every day, is it anymore? Yeah, well, and I I don't know the full backstory about you know her picking Christmas for to be a have not when they, they showed briefly there was some discussion that she was going to pick Kevin, but uh, <laughs> when they showed that conversation and then zoomed in on Christmas at the top of the like room or wherever over the yeah. balcony, that was so funny. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, that's good big brother talk. Uh, we are, yeah, we're about five minutes late for getting to Scott. So I should probably bring him in now. Do our gambling talk with odd shark. Uh, Wanye, this is when we trade you for our betting expert. I'm sorry. Good day to you all. Carry on. All right. Back to the jacuzzi, sir. Yeah. Back to the, back to the jacuzzi yeah. at Wanye Manor is, uh, keep plotting the regicide, but don't tell your M Chuck. That's right. Come on. I don't even, you guys are throwing words. I don't even know at me. All right. Bringing in uh, Scott Hastings of Odd Shark. Odd Shark is your spot. If you are looking to lay down some money on some sports, the number one, if you've never done it before, the, the first place you should go is Odd Shark because they got a nice area that shows you all the different websites you can go on, what their bonuses are, all that stuff. If you do bet a lot, you can get better. You go on there. I'm looking at the Lightning Stars game for tonight. They have the predicted score. They got what the public is betting on. They got all of that stuff, all the trends, everything you need, all the info. Head to Odd Shark. Dot com and that is when we bring in Scott Hastings. Scott, how are you? Hey, fellas, what's going on? Oh, hey, Scott. just did some Big Brother talk. That was uh, exhilarating. Uh, well, Scott, before we jump into the, the the gambling stuff, we have to ask you a question. Fire are away. You familiar, are you familiar with the term regicide? No, I am not familiar with this term. All right, so you and your rem check of the same camp. That's okay. Got a lot of royals today. It, yeah, so it's a plot to take down like the 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 royal in command, I guess, <laughs> the king or the queen or whoever is in charge. All good. They, Little tyranny. They think I'm yeah. a snitch, and they threw that phrase at me, and I really don't. I still don't know what it means, even though Jade. <laughs> yeah, he would it. report on the regicide plot. He would. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'm gonna get right into the NFL talk with you, Scott. Uh, Okay, over the past couple of weeks, you've said something along the lines of, you know, if you look at a line and it, it it looks like such a lock and you're not sure why, maybe be hesitant of it. You know, if it walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, it is a duck. That feels like what it was like this week in the NFL because that Chiefs line looked like a lock. That Bills line looked like a lock. There were a lot of lines there that looked great and did not come close to hitting. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Uh, I took a beating yesterday because maybe I fell into a few of those traps. I should listen to what I preach, but uh, it was a wild Sunday. Like, top to bottom, there was just craziness all along. There was those late-second upsets. You know, I thought the Pats were going to win that game there. Cam Newton on the one against Seattle. That looked like a lock there. Of course, they still did cover. I think the line was five and a half. So, Pats did cover, but... uh, the, the Seattle still wins, but that's just it was a, it was a wild Sunday, and there's a few lines I'm already looking at this week that they smell a little funky. The other which thing, ones are those? Because yeah. I'll probably uh, if you don't tell me, I'll probably step right on them. Uh, well, the, the first one is that Jacksonville Miami game. Uh, Miami's getting three points in Jacksonville. 
But, you know, Minshew's looked really good, but that line, that like for me, I would hammer Jacksonville looking at that straight up. Uh, there's something about that line that I don't feel. Uh, that, that one stands out to me as something's going on there. The one line that looked fishy to me heading into last week and actually ended up being a good pick was when the books opened and the Rams were underdogs to Philly. And I I couldn't believe it. I thought the Rams were going to smoke them. I put a couple of units on the Rams to start the week, and I went throughout the week. And even as it was shifting, I kept putting a little bit more on the Rams because I was so confident. I was throwing them in all my teaser bets. That one eventually jumped the line, and the Rams turned into the favorites. What... When it gets when a line starts to really change over the course of a couple of days, is that all public money pushing that change, or is there more involved? No, definitely not. I've actually seen the contrary happen, and that's where I get really sketched out. Um, is when you can see public money going on a specific team. Let's say, let's say in this example, uh, in this example, they would be all the public money going on the Rams, but the Rams become more of an underdog, and that gets sketchy too. That, that, I've seen that happen a few times from a couple websites I've seen that just track money and, and, and things like that. And that's where I go, okay, I don't, I don't know what's going on. If I haven't placed a bet at that point, uh, I will stay away because I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, that one I even said last week that I think that'll close closer to a pick em, Um And then it, it, the line completely flipped, which I, was the right, right call, of course. Good on you sniffing that out and, and getting the Rams. Uh, several times from the sounds of it. And, and you would have also had an opportunity to hedge because the Eagles became an underdog. Yeah. So what you could do then is obviously just backtrack, put some money on the Eagles, and then you're you're safe no matter what. The other line I'm looking at for this upcoming week, I'm just scanning this, actually the first time I've taken a peek at them. <laughs> Why is Tampa Bay only minus one against a Denver team that won't have their starting quarterback? Can you Starting that? quarterback. Starting, you know, one of the best defensive ends in the league, and their number one wide receiver yeah. is gone. You know, because uh, that just got announced that Horton uh, Sutton is done for the season with that torn ACL. Man, I think we were talking last week or two weeks ago about the potential of an over seven and a half wins for Denver, and I like that play. And even without uh, Von Miller, I still like that play. I don't like that play anymore. I do not like that play anymore. They are toast. It's unfortunate that. Uh, the injury bug was rampant yesterday, and, and uh, oh. the Broncos took it as hard as anyone else. As a guy who has Saquon and oh. George Kittle on my Ooh. fantasy team, I am I am demolished. Yeah. Like my season toast. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I the Saquon one was uh, he runs so hard, and he's such a big guy that it, it's almost inevitable that at some point that was going to happen. Uh, you never like to see it though. Sucks. Man, just a wild, wild run of injuries yesterday. Like, I, on one hand, you kind of look at it and go, I wonder if, you know, the lack of training camp, you know, no preseason games has any effect on it at all. But at the same time, like, I see people saying that and like, oh, there was no preseason. That's why all these guys are getting hurt. For me, I look at it and go, well, guys get hurt in the preseason all the time. Like, remember last year, Jarek McKinnon went down in training camp? Like, this shit happens. I just feel like it's a bigger story because it's during meaningful games and not just like some footnote of guy goes down in the middle of training camp kind of thing, right? Yeah, I think there's all, I think there is something to the narrative though with no preseason because you're getting your licks even if you're only playing the the one drive or the the first fifteen minutes the first quarter I guess I should say I was going to say first fifteen minutes the first quarter first ten minutes or so you get a few drives you get your few licks in and you can sort of heal and it doesn't take as much of an impact 
Whereas this year, you had no preseason. Sure, they had the live, uh, you know, uh, you know, the playing against your number one defense and stuff. But you're still not going. You're not hitting your line, uh, quarterback as hard as you can. And if you do, you're probably not going to be on the first team much longer. So, I and same with your number one running back. I don't think they're going to absolutely light them up when they have an opportunity. But when they come to week one, they totally are doing that. So I think there is something to that narrative. It's not, you know, injuries happen. And, and some of these are fluke ones. Saquon, for example, was it was a bit of a weird, yeah. you know, he was being dragged down. He tried to plant still. It was an awkward, that could have happened at any time. But I do think uh, guys not getting their full licks in preseason is a bit of an impact. Uh, anyone else got a football one before I shift on to hockey here? Uh, I'm ready for hockey. All right. <laughs> I didn't bet on I didn't bet on Cleveland this week, and thankfully I didn't because they only won by five. But I yeah. was happy my Brownies pulled it off. That yeah, was an ugly right. backdoor cover too. If you were a Browns better in that game, geez. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, Scott, I'm looking at your series prices article, and the thing I like about us doing this every week is because we can talk about the stuff, see if it happens, and kind of look back. The one thing we've said is don't bet the Lightning. Wait for them to lose a game, and look at that—they lost a game. Uh, what are their odds right now? And is it a smart bet to throw some on the lightning or are you back in the stars now? I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> These stars, I, I we've That's said me. it, I think for, for three or four weeks now that at some point they're just going to stumble. At some point they're going to stumble. Now they're up one, nothing in the Stanley cup finals. And it's like, they only need three more wins and they're going to be the Stanley cup champions. It's so bizarre to me, but now the line is minus one ten both ways. It's a pick em. So tons of value, of course, on Tampa Bay. That said, I like Dallas tonight. I, I really like them as an underdog. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm getting swept up in the, the Stars mania or something. But I, I like the Stars to win tonight. So if you're still on Tampa, you might have another game to get them at a better value uh, going down two games. Although at that point, that's a much riskier bet. Yeah. But it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, and and to that point, if this if if you like the stars, now is the time to get them because I don't think you're going to get a better line unless mm-hmm. they lose tonight. But I I don't know. I I like them tonight. If you are someone who wants to back the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think I might be doing that here before puck dropping mm-hmm. game two, they're minus one ten to win the series. On the other hand, I kind of look at that and go, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas wins one more at some point in this series. So would it make more sense to bet on them to win the series in exactly six or seven games instead of just picking them outright? Like, would that would those yeah. odds favor me a little bit more? Yeah, I, I believe that line, I have it right here in front of me. Game six, so if it goes to game six, it's plus 170. Game seven, plus 170. So you're getting plus odds for both of them. Okay. Of course, if you bet one on each, you'd lose money. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So there is value if you felt more in favor of a game six or a game seven. Uh, I don't think it goes seven, personally. I don't. I think whatever team gets the momentum is going to take it all. Interesting. Great analysis, as always. Scott, uh, anyone got a last uh, betting question for me? Yeah, Scott, well, my, uh, my rookie betting question of the week, uh, reading the <laughs> how-tos on Odd Shark, talking about goaltending is key. What's Kudo been doing to some of these betting numbers that's going on right now? Because it seems like he is just ruining goal scorers' confidence right now. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. you know, and, and we've seen this before in the past in the Stanley Cup final and the Stanley Cup playoffs, where you just see a goalie get hot, and it's it's the old adage: a goalie can get any goalie can get hot. I don't think I've seen one really go on a tear like he has. 
because it, it's he's been doing it against elite offenses, Colorado, and he he let in four. But that was, I guess, that's more of a talk for Dallas is that they're able to play this run and gun style, beat Colorado in that, and then they clamp down against Vegas. So I don't know. I this is the this is one of the weirdest playoffs I've ever seen in a while. And from a betting perspective, I've taken many nights off because. I can't get a good feel. I was crushing it in the the opening round and that first round is I don't know what we're calling that first little play in series, whatever that was. I was killing it then, killed it first round. Ever since then, I've been ice cold, so uh, I've been enjoying it, but I I can't get a good read on it. Scott, I don't know. Uh, I love my I love my goal props too, and I don't even know where to go on these ones because mm. any night it could be in over. Yeah. Like I could see these guys going end to end tonight. I like the over. That's my picks for tonight. I like the over and I like Dallas. I think it's going to be a bit of a run and gun game. I think Dal- uh, Tampa opens up a little more, but I think Dallas can just match them, which is so weird. And they're so gritty. Their their entire offense will all beat you down. I, I like that style. Very uh, gritty, good defense. The thing is, like Tampa's going to shell them. Like at some point, Math's going to take you know control here. And if Tampa just keeps shooting at the rate they're shooting. They're going to win hockey. But games. Vegas, you could have said that about Vegas too. Yeah, but you know what? Vegas had bad karma going because they're like <laughs> so yappy and annoying. I ran into Mark Spector um, at uh, a coffee shop and we were chatting. He's like, he was just like, that Vegas bench just wouldn't shut up. Like being in a building without fans, he's like, they just were nonstop. I'm like, well, I'm like, they did it to themselves. They made their bed. But I actually think like, to me, Tampa is the team of destiny because they 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 got through and overcame what happened to them last year, mm-hmm. and they they had some 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 challenges along the way this 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 uh, postseason and the potential of Stamkos coming back. Like it's just like, and they're they're just they're 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 bringing it. So I just Kadobin's gonna at some point he's gonna crack. He's got it. Sounds like somebody has a large wager on the Stanley Cup futures here for Tampa Bay Lake. I got a plus 500. I got 900 bucks coming my way if they yeah. win. This needs to happen. I'm trying to manifest it. Uh, Scott, you, you mentioned the over-under for tonight. You're taking the over. Are you going... So I'm looking at my book right now. Uh, minus 154 is over 4.5. Over 5.5 is plus 133. Which one are you going with? Yeah, I'm over the five and a half. Okay. I saw it at five. That's when I locked it in at, and it sort of splits the difference on what you have for okay. odds. Um, but so uh, I have also seen the four and a half line. I think that's almost across the board. I like the over at five, so I'll take the extra juice at five and a half. Give me, it ain't going to finish at five and a half. It's either going to be yeah. five or six. <laughs> so uh, we'll take the six and uh, walk away with a profit, I hope. Scott, as always, man, we appreciate your time. Can't wait to talk to you next Monday. Take care, guys. Good luck. Thanks, Scott. There you go. That is Scott Hastings from Autark. Autark is your spot for all your sports betting information. Everything you need to be smart when you're putting down some coin. Uh, we were not overly smart. So, like, so my problem has always been that, you know, I'll be sitting there on Sunday watching some games. I get into the live betting or I'll see a game on. I'll be like, oh, I, I wouldn't mind betting the over in this quarter just while I'm watching it. I get a little bit dumb with my money. Um, so I decided to open up a second account on another sports book. And I'm like, okay, that is going to be my disciplined better account. I'm researching these picks. Every week I'm only doing, you know, like three, four, five bets. A little bit more units than what I'm usually used to. But I'm going to research them and not do dumb live bets. I'm doing that. I'm eight and two so far 
through two weeks. I'm actually doing good and like oh. coming out ahead as long as I'm not an idiot doing live in-game betting. So I'm happy with that. Although this sounds like famous last words, though, to be honest. It yeah. absolutely does. And I will say this. So it's funny. I'm looking at the sheet of bets that I've done so far on this account in front of me. The only two I've gotten wrong are the two I've gone on here and claimed as my locks of the week. Uh-huh. Those are oh, the only two I've gone wrong. So it probably is the kiss of death because it seems like even on my pregame podcast, whenever I go public with a bet, it always misses, um, which is why I give so much credit to guys like Scott and all those odd drug guys who are out there every day putting out like five or six plays online because when they're wrong and you go into their mentions, it's like, man, I feel bad for you because there's some guys who just fucking go at them. Hashtag shade your M truck. Yeah. Always fading. Yep. Uh, what was your lock for this week? Was it was it Bills? Ye- that was me. That was Bag Milk had Bills. That was a crappy, crappy way to not cover for the Bills because they were up at half and it looked like they were going to do it easily. Uh, my lock was Chiefs minus eight and a half. Chalmers had Vikings plus three, so he didn't hit either. And you had Browns Vikings minus suck. six. So uh, we went 0 for 4 as a collective. So we're going to look to bounce you know back what? a little in week three. Oh, Baker looked good. Oh, did he look good? He did. Um, the thing I'm going to add actually this week for my lock of the week, I think I'm going to do a teaser and uh, cause I've had some great luck. What? With them. You can't do that. Why not? I it's can still tease a, anything. It's still a lock. If oh. I do, if we're doing like a little parlay teaser, like I'm looking at that Tampa Bay game we just talked about. And if I were to yeah. go bucks and tease that down, you could potentially get them in the plus territory. And you combine that with, I'm just kind of looking here. Uh, Why do you want the Bucks plus? Because if you're going to tease it down, they're they're minus six right now on uh, on Bodog. Odd Shark says there's still some books that have them at just a minus one. But even if they're minus six, you tease them down to a pick them. Parlay that with like, I don't know if you want to do Chiefs plus three and a half. You'd tease that up to nine and a half. Uh, maybe you got like Panthers plus 14 against the Chargers, something like that. Tease it with another safe play. I think that's a smart bet. Anyways, we'll talk more about that on uh, Thursday. I think you take Buffalo over the Rams. I love the Bills. I just get real worried about them sometimes, and this isn't a great matchup for them. I don't love it against the Rams. God, I would believe almost, in our boy. I would almost tease it the other way. I'd I'd throw six points onto the Rams, and I'd take the Rams plus nine because I don't think the Bills can outscore them by that much, but I think the Bills can win. Anyway. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think. We'll get into this more when Chalmers is back on the pod on Thursday. Hopefully he's back on Thursday. He said he had a meeting or something today. But uh, that's going to do it for another episode of Real Life. Big thanks to Scott Hastings for joining us once again from Oddshark. Shout out to Oodle Noodle, always doing great stuff with those charity videos. Shout out to Josh Park, who's always doing a great job making those charity videos as well. And you for starring in them, Jay. Uh, shout out to oh, you, Beg Milk, for the top-notch analysis. Shout mm-hmm. out to Wanye right, for taking a slight break from his hot tub and showing us his sweet, uh, his sweet coat, his sweet house coat. Shout out to Jappa. Nice nice red and green plaid for one. Red and green plaid. Uh, Shout out to Jappa as well. Check them out. Instagram and Twitter at Jappa Machinery. Check them out online. (laughs) JappaMachinery.com. This has been episode 215. Oh, yeah. And we should shout out the word of the day, Regicide. Yeah, Regicide. Also, let's make a note that I am taking Scott's over bet for tonight on the the Stars Lightning. And I want to throw it back in his face if he makes me lose money. Or we really. celebrate I'm him gonna. If, uh, if, That's it, right. if it hits. Real life Absolutely. is on the over in tonight's game. Hopefully we didn't just jinx it. Episode 215 of the podcast is over. I'm Tyler Remchuk. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.